On September 9th, 2001, HBO began airing the war drama miniseries Band of Brothers. Lasting only 10 episodes, the series received almost instant critical acclaim in America and went on to win a sizable number of accolades, including seven primetime Emmy Awards. During this same period of time, another band of brothers and one cousin, Kings of Leon, was struggling to gain recognition in their home country. Formed in 1999, the band first started seeing success in the UK in 2003 when their debut album, Youth and Young Manhood, released in July of that year. Kings of Leon's first three albums were all successes across the sea in the UK, but the group was still unrecognized within their own borders. It wasn't until 2008, with the release of their fourth album, Only By the Night, that American listeners started to notice them. The album still received mixed reviews from U.S. critics, but their singles, particularly Use Somebody, resonated with U.S. audiences. Although Use Somebody was the clear hit in the U.S., where it reached number four on the Hot 100, the first single off the album fared better internationally, hitting number one in Australia, Finland, Ireland, and the UK. This international hit single, and most of the songs off of their fourth album, were written by vocalist Caleb Followill while under the influence of prescription painkillers. Caleb had been prescribed strong painkillers after sustaining a shoulder injury in a fight with one of his brothers. The shoulder injury would end up being the reason for the opening riff on this song as well. Caleb was told by his doctor that he should not play guitar for eight weeks to let his injuries heal. The doctor's advice was ignored, and due to limited mobility in his arm, Caleb could only play high up on the neck of the guitar, leading to the signature riff on this track. If not for Caleb's injury, prescription medication, and his brother's insistence that the placeholder lyrics he was singing were actually good, the world may have never been graced with the Kings of Leon's horniest track. That's right, we're talking Sex on Fire by Kings of Leon on Cover Me. That's right. It's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions, compares them against one another to find out which one feels like it's dying. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my co-host on fire. Alex Mildenberger. Alex It's going to scream or something because I was on fire, but I, just, I wasn't up to it. All right. That's totally fair. You're on fire in like the, the doing good at something sense. Hey. Hey. Way to go. Alex, how you doing? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Just just doing some baking today. I made a oh, nice. peanut butter loaf. Um, mm. We'll see how it turns out. It's cooling now. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Were you using organic peanut butter in that recipe? Or I, you're I like- didn't. Uh, it's the first time I made it. I didn't. I wanted to try with just uh, just like your regular stuff. Normally I would, but I find in baking it can make it a little dry. So I'm yeah, gonna try 100%. this, and I might try it again with the other stuff, but um, with some oil or something. I also didn't have that much left, so I need to go to Costco. Ah, <laughs> uh, there you go. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, I tend to go with like your your traditional non-organic peanut butter for baking because it is a little oilier like you said and a little more uh like apparent with its flavor i guess because it's really trying to be peanut butter yeah and it's it's got the extra like sugar and oil and stuff in it so yeah yeah. it's bound to make your baking taste good exactly for sweet stuff it's like okay it 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 works really well in Mm -hmm. there um alex what'd you think of that band of brothers reference off the top (laughs) (laughs) unexpected uh i didn't see that coming 
I also didn't see Band of Brothers, though, so... Neither did I. I, I saw a little bit of it in, in high school, but it's... How long is it? Ten episodes. Yeah. And probably, I'm going to guess, like, hour to so, hour and Yeah, hour they're like 45-minute episodes. episodes, I think. Okay, yeah. You know? Like, f- an hour of TV. Yeah. So, that's a lot of... That's a lot of content right there. I know, that's a lot of... I've seen, like, half of one episode, and I don't even remember it, because it was, like, 11 years ago. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Yeah, I've heard it's great. Um, I really only know the actor uh, Damian Lewis, who uh, plays a prominent role in it from his work in the piece-of-shit series Billions, (laughs) where he plays a billionaire. So, uh, that's my connection to Band of Brothers. Okay, do I know this guy? Doesn't look familiar. Probably not. I haven't seen him in fucking anything else, Alex. He's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Hey. Was he actually? He portrays Steve McQueen. Oh, fuck yeah, he does. You know what? I saw him in that, too. And the thing is, I wasn't in a theater with Stephen Reynolds, so there was no one to to share that moment with. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, Enough about Band of Brothers, Alex. Let's talk about a different... Band of Brothers, I've already used that joke, so that's no good, but Kings of Leon, Alex. Yeah. What do you Kings know about Leon. these fellas? Not much at all. Like, I I remember this song coming out, and it being pretty big, and uh, mm-hmm. Use Somebody was pretty big, so I heard it a lot. I recognized the song. I, I, we, it was in Rock Band as DLC, I think. I believe so. We play, I remember playing it in Rock we Band. We did play it. I, I don't know if paid for it or not but i think i did i believe my sister requested that one okay uh, and so we got that and that was i remember being pretty popular for a while um mm. i don't that's all i was like oh the sex in the name of course at the time it was high school so that wasn't as scandalous you know but right just a little bit but yeah coming back to this I was shocked at how just blatantly sexual the lyrics are because part of me was like hmm that song's got to be about something more yeah right i i I didn't know any of the verse lyrics at all yeah just the chorus which is very very simple Mm -hmm. um yeah similarly i didn't have a lot of experience with these guys beyond this hit and then i think like maybe even only this year i learned that you somebody was also their song right i it's one i'm like oh kings of leon like if someone says kings of leon i think sex on fire immediately because I mean, it's it's uh, it's provocative, you know. The name "sex" is right in there. Oh yeah, it's, <coughs> it's se- sex and fire, and a word yeah. in between them, like. So like that's and, the sizzle. And then I'm like, shit, I don't know anything else by them though. And then I remember, oh yeah, use somebody. It was also popular, but Dang. it doesn't have the. It doesn't have the hooks in my brain anyway, because. It's just two words, and neither of them is sex or fire. Yeah, exactly. And these, I talked about a group the other week who I, I mentioned had some, like, Christian rock vibes, despite not being explicitly a Christian rock band, and Kings of Leon has a bit of that vibe for me, too, particularly with their music video where you can see their Jesus pieces. And, <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, with Use Somebody, which has, like, a bit of a Creed feel to it. I don't know. Yeah. I I agree, and part of it is because you see the their lineup and it's brothers. Yeah, and one cousin. 
Oh, well, they all have the same last name. Um, yeah. So that's definitely part of it, but I don't know. It doesn't actually seem to be the case necessarily, but maybe. Where are they yeah, from? Yeah, well, and they're, they're, I believe their father was actually a preacher, so they have like a religious background. Oh, okay. But their music isn't like technical. It's not like we're creeds. Like, yeah, all, both of our hit songs are about Jesus and like we're a Christian <laughs> rock band. It's more like Slayer, where they are musicians and like happen to be Christian. Huh. Yeah. Some, I guess that just happens sometimes. Yeah, sometimes Christian people make music <laughs> that isn't explicitly Christian. Weird to think about. It is a weird thing to think about. Um, but not a weird thing to think about on this episode of Cover Me is the lyrics for Sex on Fire. No, definitely not. F- frankly, don't require a lot of thought. Yeah, I don't think uh, so either. <laughs> but we're going to go over them. So verse one opens, lay where you're laying. Don't make a sound. I know they're watching. They're watching. Uh, it's about fucking, right? It seems to be. They're, they're laying down. Um, someplace. Someone's watching, so it seems to be possibly in public. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it could also just mean, like, people know this is happening, you know? Because, not necessarily directly watching, but, like, there may be rumors kind of thing, but, like, that's gonna happen anyway. Yeah, maybe that's where the, the second half of the verse yeah. leads you, is to that conclusion. Um, all the commotion, the kitty like play, have people talking, right. and they're talking. I don't um, know yeah. kitty like play exactly. I've, I've never I'm, heard that phrase before. Yeah, and it's a one I don't think a great lyric. I think the prescription painkillers might have uh, lit him the wrong way on that line. Uh-huh. Uh, my idea is that it's that kind of like childish flirtation that that goes on between people sometimes. Right, you're, you're doing dumb shit, but it's because you like each other, and it's. Right, and I do get that out of it, but I think it's a a, a weird way to phrase it. Um, yeah, kitty, kitty like, and the kitty like. Wait, this song is about sex, right? Why are we saying it's kitty like? Kitty like, yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, especially because it's about a fucking bomb ass sex. Dude. Like this is this sex is bussin', as the kids say. <laughs> to, and to to be like, oh, you yeah, say bust like play bustin'? I did. I said bussin', but bussin'. I think I believe it is busting without the t. So that's the point of it? Okay. I've not heard yeah. that phrase before. It's 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 in the zeitgeist right now. Ooh, I'm yeah. I'm off the pulse. I'd sometime, I'm probably like a year behind. <laughs> People are like, they said busting on this episode. What are they, like 50? <sighs> but yeah, don't worry. You're caught up okay. to where I am now anyway. <laughs> this first verse has a, a, like a vibe where the first half is uh, blinded by the light. Where the two kids are fucking on the beach, save the buckshot, turn up the band. People and then the watching. second half is let's give them something to talk about. Where they're discussing that the rumors are going around. Or like, what's that? Is it, um, oh, is it part of I think we're alone now? Yeah, that yeah. might be right. Doesn't seem to be anyone. Or yeah. Children behave, that's what they say when we're together. Yeah, but people are, anyway, yeah, kind of. Yeah, a vibe of that in there Very well. generally, but yeah, it, it's sentiments that have, that come up. It, it's very, like, generally about sex. Yeah. Which brings um, us yeah. nicely into the chorus, which is pretty which, short. You, your sex you? is on fire. 
That's right. That's it. That's, that's it. That's it. Um, we will get a longer course later, but that's it now. <laughs> which um, I I mean, on fire, just means it's good, but also like it's hot, because you know, yeah, that's that's what sex is. Mm-hmm. Hot. So to, to to I got a quote from Nathan Followill, one of one of the one of the family here, talking about the writing of these lyrics. He said to start, they were totally different lyrics. Depending on whether a song starts with a melody or starts with lyrics, you know, it starts with the melody, you just keep playing the melody over and over until you get it down and just throw in any lyrics that fit the verbal flow. It was actually going to be set us on fire, but one of the sound mixers in the studio walked in as we were playing and said, sex on fire, huh? And it just kind of became a running joke and we stuck with it. He also mentioned that some of the lyrics they tried were socks on fire, snatch on fire, and cocks on fire. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the kind of thing that you'd like do in a live show where bands swap things out, you know? Oh yeah. I'm trying Just, to think of who does um, that. Th- but... There was that live version of, um, smells like teen spirit where right. you change the lyrics to say, like, kill your friends, load up on drugs That's... or yeah, something, kill yeah, your yeah, friends. Yeah. Um, that kind of stuff where like, they just switch it around kind of to be, I say goofy. And that's what they're doing, but like they're making it just really like what's the word? Much more like intense. Yeah. Cause like this wouldn't have been a big hit if it was called Cox on Fire. Cox <laughs> on Fire, can you imagine? <laughs> coming up the new single from Kings of Leon, Cox on Fire. <laughs> um, yeah, like so before I had actually gotten to the to like an actual dive on the lyrics, I was wondering if the use of like your sex was like like really old school talking about genitalia where it'd be like, oh, his sex was showing and that just... Right, just to refer to genitalia generally, but with fewer Mm -hmm. syllables. And then it would be about like either, I'm going to say red hair or STIs. Yeah, which is, I think, a joke a lot of uh, uh, critics made in in the early days of the singles release. It was like, ah, SDIs, baby. Hey, someone's, but someone's no, burning. no, truly this song is just about like, oh, this is some, some on-fire sex. Bomb-ass um, yeah. sex Bomb-ass sex. Cover me, listeners. Uh, if you're, next time you're boning down, just try in the middle saying, this sex is on fire and, and see what happens. Oh, see goodness me. About it. <laughs> this sex is on fire. Damn, this sex is on fire. If your partner keeps going, you gotta marry him. That's the <laughs> that's the sex on fire challenge. Is that song? Let's come to verse two. The wheels on fire. Anyway, this the wheels, wheels on, on fire. So just sing that, but replace wheel with sex. Sex. Like I, I'm not gonna do it. Um, no. So the dark of the second alley. verse. Now yeah. It's the breaking of day. Head while I'm driving. I'm driving. Um, we'll get the second half too. Soft lips are open. The knuckles are pale. Feels like you're dying. You're dying. You're dying. We do get a little Shakespeare in here. We do. Um, so, uh, it does say dark of the alley, break of day. Seems to be, um, like roadside, roadside blowjob, potentially. Oh, yeah. Um, I get- I guess. Is so he no, driving he's... through the alley while he's getting That's like such a... Yeah, because... <laughs> You'd have to, like, go around and, like, just keep going. He does say I'm driving, but I almost mm. wonder if that's just, like, the lyric 
as opposed to like we're sitting in a car parked like Right. Like, I'm driving sounds better than I'm parking. So like, because I uh, I read this as three separate instances. Could be. Could very well be, be. Like we fuck in the alley when it's dark. We fuck when like the sun's coming up, and I, you're giving me a head while I'm driving. Because then the next half of the verse is about her orgasming. Yeah. Which I mean. Maybe she's getting an orgasm from from sucking a dick, but that doesn't seem likely to me. Oh yeah, unlikely. It does seem disconnected. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, the first half is kind of split in half. First verse is kind of split in half as well. Mm-hmm. So it could be two halves. It could be right. So the first half could be the, the part where he's. He's receiving pleasure as he's driving through a dark alley at the break of day. And then the yeah, next part. I, he should pull over. Yeah, he could pull over. Um, and that would be responsible because Roadhead is dangerous. Sure is. So you always see those signs up on the highway where it's like, don't, don't be giving out Roadhead here. Heads up. That's what they say. <laughs> heads up, folks. Uh, the classic heads up campaign. <laughs> Uh, imagine if that actually became a public health issue. People are dying <laughs> way too much roadhead. Oh, man. It might be. Horny summer is coming up. Horny <laughs> summer is coming up. And there we might be a lot of roadhead close to Banff. That's right. The sex disease capital, the sex infection capital yeah. of uh, Canada. At least, at least Canada. There's, as I understand, a lot of syphilis there. Yeah. Um, chorus. <laughs> Right, no, we didn't go through the second <laughs> half. We did, we talked about it. Soft lips are open, like you said, describing an orgasm. Pale knuckles. Yeah, she's white knuckles. Gri- she's holding gripping something, something tight. tightly. Uh, and dying is, of course, the uh, classic Shakespearean euphemism for orgasm. And also yeah, French. La yeah, petite mort. Petit mort. That's right. I took French in junior high. Sure did. They didn't teach us that, though. They sure didn't. <laughs> uh, Chorus. Longer chorus. Chorus. Twice as long. Still pretty short. You. Your sex is on fire. Consumed with what's just transpired. That second part is the new part, obviously. That's right. Um, It's like, I guess, afterglow. Yeah, he's like, holy shit, that was some great sex. I'm thinking about it, even though the event has... Now that it has passed. (laughs) Now that it is in the past tense. And then, uh, yeah, I guess that it actually kind of leads into verse 3, which might be him reminiscing. Reminiscing? Yeah, because it is past tense. I guess the kind of... No, the other ones are present, right? Yeah, and it's even present in the the ending chorus. It becomes with what's to transpire. I guess implying more sex along the way. Yeah, it's kind of the um, if I could compare it to Norse mythology for a moment, or at least God of War. um, uh, The cyclical nature of time. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's good. I like that. Um, Yeah, it's just it's gonna happen in the future, and it happened in the past, and it it might be the present as well. It's kind of all consuming. It's happening in his head. Yeah, it's just a, it's a sandwich of time. Yeah, time sandwich. It's a, t- a classic time sandwich. Time Hot sandwich. as a fever, rattle of bones. I could just taste it. Taste it. 
And that's, that's, I mean, so, you know, it, the sex is hot, like fire, and also a fever. Yeah, and also bone, probably one of the most, like, versatile uh, sexual words. Oh, yeah. Uh, particularly in this context, which can refer to, like, fast movement, can refer to one or more dicks. Um, that's right. To the act of, of sex, boning. It's all there. Also, it's capitalized. I don't know why Rattle of Bones is capitalized here, but it is. Is, is Rattle of Bones a band he's just referencing? I was on the radio. And they, were... <laughs> they just have, like, it just happened to be a good metaphor. And he's like, oh, shit. Wish I'd have thought of that. <laughs> and he can taste it. So it's a, this, this sensory thing is hitting him everywhere. He can hear the rattling of bones. He can feel the hot fever. He can taste sex in his mouth. It's all over him. And then he goes on to say, if it's not forever, if it's just tonight, but we're still the greatest, the greatest, the greatest. The best, the best, the best. The anyway. best. <laughs> yeah, so he's just saying, like, this is the best sex I've ever had, and even if it never happens again, you know, I'm going to hang up some memento of this on my yeah, wall. Yeah, it was, it was worth having. Yeah. Because as, I mean, as the song, as we just said, it sort of has this... um eternal nature it it exists in the past the present and the future that's right it is the the only event in history perhaps <laughs> possibly the only thing that's ever happened of course and then we we do uh you know only we only know existence through our own experience that's right and time, I mean, life is best understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards, as they say. Oh, what is it in Discworld where, like, trolls say that time, how does it work? Trolls describe time as, like, walking backwards through time because you can't see where you're going. <laughs> Alone of all the creatures in the world, trolls believe that all living things go through time backwards. If the past is visible and the future is hidden, they say... And it means you must be facing the wrong way. Everything alive is going through life back to front. Yeah. Is that the quote you're looking for? Yeah. That's exactly what I was talking about. Uh, I just Googled Discworld Trolls Time. <laughs> yeah. Trolls in yeah. Time. I think, um, it's so in, then, yeah, we, I think it's in Thud. I don't thud. remember. It, 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 it probably, they probably say it a couple times. Probably. So those are pretty standalone books. Anyway, I'm getting a little off topic. It's okay. We're pretty much at the we've we've covered the lyrics here because we already talked about what's new in the, yeah. the last chorus, in which we've made our time as a flat circle uh, analysis with what's to transpire. That's it, baby. Yeah, that's the song. It's like really simple. I hadn't really thought very. of it very much, but it's not a whole lot there. There and like and very explicit with head while I'm driving. Like, <laughs> yeah, head. That that's a good one. Um, I think it's hard to censor just the word head. You know. Yeah. So it's a good one. Good one to throw in there. Isn't that? And it's anyway. Yeah, and like you could even say ahead while I'm driving, if if you're right. Yeah, getting kids. ahead kind of thing. Yeah. Um, in fact, the band themselves said something about, because they, they all have, like, kids. 
and so they're like, yeah, uh, we just told our kids that socks on fire. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> by the time, like, I put your uncle's socks up on a, a, a furnace or whatever, and they'd set on fire. But yeah, that's that's sex on fire. Let's talk about the instrumentation here. Let's do. So, let's do. So let's there's that riff do. to start. You said that. Yeah. He played it that way because he had a shoulder injury. That's correct. Which, dude, you gotta, you gotta heal, or you risk re-injury. <laughs> That's right. Serious. You'll literally like it's a bad idea because you may like never be able to play again. I feel like that's pretty major, right? Yeah, I think that's a major risk for what, in at the end of the day, is just "Sex on Fire" by Kings of Leon. <laughs> yeah, it's a good song, but like the great, like if you lost your your ability to play guitar for this, or like permanently damage something anyway so this yeah. is the way he's playing the riff it's kind of like a smooth riff it's just really like he goes up a bit and then like goes down and sits on that for a while and then goes back up and then sits on that for yeah. a while it's, that's the riff it plays throughout um changes like the chord it's playing it yeah um and then once that happened that's when the drums come in um so the guitar the other guitar that comes in is um playing on the backbeat. And then yeah, the drums. It's almost a skank. Yeah, but like really fast. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough interestingly enough, there's not a ska version we're gonna talk about, but there's something that gets that approaches it. Um yeah. <laughs> but yes, it's going very fast on on the backbeat, uh and that riff's still going. For the intro, which is yeah, not that long. And then it kind of like it kind of breaks down a bit for the first half of the 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 verse. Yeah, the backbeat guitar cuts that backbeat out. Guitar, uh, but it is um, still playing the guitar riff. doing some like little arpeggios instead. This yeah, the guitar that just kind of plays along. I don't necessarily even know what it's doing. Yeah. It's almost like a a second half of the that intro riff where that one's like up high, that one's Dude. down low. Okay, I was thinking of something else. No, the, I do know oh, what's okay. going on here. It's just the like do 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 do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's not there right at the start. It comes in on watching, and then the yeah, back yeah, yeah. comes in on commotion. So they kind of slowly bring stuff in. Yeah, they slowly build it. Yeah, so pretty yeah, that, standard the, build. The backbeat guitar comes back. Um, there's bass this whole time. It's just kind of doing uh some some low groove stuff mostly running root notes in the uh yeah it's been like boot it there boot it boot it boot it doot it like yeah. that kind of thing Doo-doo. it's yeah. it's just playing like groups of two notes um and then of course the the transition into the chorus which is mostly just the drum starts to hit a bunch of cymbals uh which stay right. on for the chorus and the chorus is pretty big i would say this is like the like for how short and simple the chorus is, like it's pretty memorable. Even mm-hmm. just that, like, like, yeah, he carries us in on a big, like, like hold note, a big sustain that he punches. Yeah. So they're not wasting time building up that chorus. They come in with everything they got. Yeah, and it's got this kind of like soaring nature to it. I would say. Yeah, because suddenly, like the the bass is going faster. We've got the 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 guitars sound a bit more open and a bit louder. Yeah, they change. Yeah, 
like the that riff isn't playing anymore. It's playing more. The guitar's kind of moving to the back almost, like it's, or the one that was playing the riff kind of plays more of just a rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's a higher riff, which I guess is more front and center. And because it's so short, it sort of just has like a, it's just playing chords, and it sort of works its way up and down, and then does a little like bent bit at the end. Yeah. It's it's got real like hype like vibes to it, a bit of arena rock energy. Yeah, not as much as one of the later ones, but it's there. Yeah, it is there. And then it just kind of fades. Actually, there is a synth in the back that's easy to miss. Yeah, once it trends <sighs> Like yeah, once it transitions Transitions. From the I don't know why I forgot the word transitions. No worries. It, <laughs> you hear it. That's when you can hear it the most is in that space. Yeah, and it, it it kind of fades out right at the start of the of the verse. Yeah. Um, and then just back into the like drums bass and then that guitar riff playing. I think it's mm-hmm. basically the same, other than that they start with more stuff and then the up and down lick from the chorus um comes back in when he says drive in. That's right. Uh, so again, build, but elements we've seen before. Uh, then that backbeat guitar comes in as well, which is similar to the last time where yep. it came in later. Uh, and then oh, we're back in another chorus. Back into the chorus, yeah. Second chorus, same yeah. as the first one. And it's I'm the same. Sure. Um, still lots of cymbals, still that guitar riff. Other than that, it's twice as long. Yeah. Uh, so it just does everything twice. Yeah. Even that guitar—it it really is just like copy and pasted. Like yeah. even the consumed part is done in the same style as the U. Punches it, holds it. Consumed. I guess that's why it's an exclamation mark in the lyrics. That's right. Because he says it for such a long time, and that's <laughs> sure what an exclamation does. mark denotes. The amount um, of time it takes you to say the word. Yeah. The next big difference because we get the third verse it's pretty similar to the last one yep uh breakdown on the third chorus or the, maybe it's the fourth one yeah it come i think it's yeah i guess because it comes yeah then it's this like second repetition of the chorus because the chorus is very short and the yeah. outro section is like four or so four choruses several choruses one yeah. of them being a broken down chorus yeah, at about the 2.30 mark in the song. So he does, like, the one chorus straight, and then we do one where it's a breakdown, just, like, heartbeat kind of drums just on yeah, the Yeah, which the bass was playing before. Now it's mm-hmm. also playing on the, on the like, kick. That's right. And then uh, I think two different guitars. Mm-hmm. Both playing, both playing along. Um, and then they do that for a bit, and then the riff comes back in. The the yeah. the chorus riff the yeah 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 and then, and then there's sort of like a drum fill that brings them back into yeah big a full like, one drum fill and then yeah we're back to the full display and then we ride out on like one or two more choruses and then there's a really just like very final two note finish where it's like bow wow yeah it ends very suddenly yeah um. And that's it. Like it's a it's a pretty simple song. Yeah, pretty simple. Uh, Which I guess is rock and roll. Three minutes, twenty two seconds. 
and yeah, it gets it gets the people going, you know. Yeah, it's an energy. Honestly, like, I think it's a decent song. I think it's got some good things going for it. The chorus is particularly memorable, um, yeah. as we discussed before. But I'm still like not a huge fan of it. Like, it's fine. Yeah, it's very much like I think it's good to have it on the radio. But I would never like come to it on my own. Yeah, I'm I'm entirely not opposed to this song. I think it's a perfectly decent song. Not really my thing. And you're right. It is, but the, it's got like, good. The chorus is the money. The verses are fine, but they're really just there to 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 be a break between yeah. choruses. Although, although even them, like simple but fine, like like pretty solid melody. Uh, it just doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't light my sex on fire. Yeah, I think it's. It could maybe it has an arena rock like a direction, but it doesn't have quite that that big punch of sound to it. Like it's not as big as it could be. Yeah, it doesn't. What I like for me, and obviously this is going to contradict things I've said before. There's not like anything else. Like it's a perfectly solidly put together song. With some like decent stuff, but none of the elements um, stand out to me. Yeah, it's meant to be like simple, digestible, and have you go, "Hey, maybe I'll check out this Kings of Leon album." But that's totally, totally solid song. Totally solid. Um, and I'll, 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 I'll sing along to this song. Yeah, it uh, it encourages singing along. Somehow. Yeah, that's that. a good like get everybody to sing along song. Yeah, throw it on. Where is get here? that in the mix? Yeah, I wish I wish thing. I had like a stronger opinion about it because I feel like I'm just I th- wishy washing around. But like it's fine. It's just a, like a like a, it's fine. Yeah, I like I don't think it's God's gift to music. And I mean, I'm glad they saw some success with it. I'm glad we get to talk about it today. But it's you know it's just another pop song. Rather than like a mind blowing one, let's talk about mind blowing this music video directed by Sophie Muller, who also directed the Mr. Brightside video we talked yeah. about last week. And also, Hips Don't Lie. I was just looking through the credits. That's right. She's <laughs> got quite credits. a few credits. Yeah. A lot um, of like Eurythmics and Annie Lennox back in the day. Yeah. So, first, uh, Caleb Followill told MTV News this regarding the music video. He said, I'm seeing things that are not really going on, and I'm seeing them do wacky things. And the things that I'm seeing make it look like I'm a pervert, and I'm attracted to my family. Uh, <laughs> his bu- brother, the bassist Jared, added, If we didn't have so much trust in Sophie's previous work, we never would have picked up a treatment that has Caleb getting crazy on a bed and me chasing a chicken. He does chase a chicken. He does chase a chicken. <laughs> Uh, it does not choke it though, so there's no metaphor there. So, no metaphor there. But um, he's, he's in pursuit. Yeah, the this is the like narrative of this video is maybe a little confusing, or or vague, I guess. He, he's mostly just on a bed, although it seems to kind of follow the story of writing the song, which is that he was on opiates, and like yeah. semi feverishly wrote the lyrics. Uh, and he's on a bed, kind of all sweaty and orange because of the yeah tint. Um, and he just like looks around frantically a lot. I don't think he he appears particularly horny though. No, there's a vibe of like because uh, he's in like some kind of fucking warehouse. Yeah, 
It looks like, or I mean, or a barn, I guess, just because yeah, there's a, barn, a chicken. Possibly a slaughterhouse. Um, and, it, and it really recontextualizes the line, lay where you're laying, don't make a sound. <laughs> and he's like... This is like he's a captive. Yeah. I don't know. So, what else happens? He does a lot, he does some singing laying down. There's a lot of, like, ropes and stuff. I guess that's probably, yeah, it probably is a slaughterhouse. Yeah. And then it, like, sh- other, like, shots of the band. At first, he's laying on the bed, and you can see in the distance, the band is performing. So that's mm. where I kind of got the idea, like, oh, that's kind of, like, not really happening. Like, he's separated from that. Oh, yeah, a sort of dissociative experience, yeah. which would also yeah, fall in line with opiates. Yeah, but then, for the, like, by the end of the video, it's, mm, it actually shows, I feel like they shouldn't have brought the camera to the band. Because they mm-hmm. just show the band playing for quite a bit of the video, and it doesn't like you lose that disconnect. Yeah, they could have done like just exclusively weird shots, like weird close-ups of some of the band members who aren't on the bed, and like dudes getting slapped by each other and, and chicken chasing, and not have any band footage in here. Yeah, and the one guy who showers with his pants on. Yeah, a totally normal <laughs> thing to do. Um. What else happens? There's one part where he sits up and, like, breathes out this black smoke. That's right. That's sort of near the end. I don't know Um, if that symbolizes anything. Yeah, if he's, uh... I thought it was maybe the chicken in some way, because the chicken is, uh, is black. It's all of its feathers are black. It's true. And then I think it does get murdered at some point, doesn't it? Also, I mean... Yeah, because they're eating a chicken wing. Oh, shit. There's a shot of him getting manhandled um, that starts at around maybe one one thirtieth. Yeah, possibly choked. And then it cuts to a dude eating a chicken wing. Because they're holding him down. He's feverish. It happens very fast. I'm gonna have yeah, it's to... it's one shot and it's so quick. But yeah, there's a dude. Yeah, he's definitely holding the chicken. chicken. There's also a brief shot of like some something of feathers. Yeah. Getting, like, blown. I think they're feathers. And, of black course, he's feathers. also wearing a, 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 a black singlet top. Which, yeah, maybe, maybe he's supposed to be connected to this chicken in some sense. Yeah, and then they eat chicken. Which, of course, is it when they sing about bones? Not really. Mm, bones. No, not, e- not even close. There's also this shadow, like, puppet display? At around 154. It's, again, another oh, very yeah, it's just like a shot. bunch of hands. I wonder yeah. if that's a, like a, a mechanism you would see in a slaughterhouse that they put gloves on or something. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm struggling with this video actually meaning anything, but there's a lot of things that might. It's a, it very much feels like a lot of smoke and mirrors around what is a song about just very good sex. Yeah, like I've... It would be pretty amusing if it was like a, a really blatant metaphor that would be very fun but this yeah. this seems to be a slaughterhouse i don't know i don't know yeah and then he like you said he coughs up that black smoke and which then a i think lot is pretty is obvious just... cgi but that's not that big a deal yeah and then like the last almost minute is just banned footage really it's just like and eh, we ran out of footage for the music video concept yeah seems like it could have been a little cooler honestly Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a bit of a missed opportunity, especially like 
with the amount of symbolism that might be there yeah they could have kept going with that i don't know yeah just something to tie it together at least to be like here's what the symbolism means yeah as far as i can tell like even just looking at the description in the um in the what like in the wikipedia Wikipedia page like it doesn't mention anything it's not like oh this is supposed to represent because sometimes they have that yeah, sometimes I'm, they do. I'm not picking up anything. Yeah. So, there you go. The uh the Sophie Muller directed. Uh, and it does bear some similarity to her her Mr. Brightside one, which is very like bombastic. And I feel like a lot of also like half symbolism where it's like here's an apple getting thrown around a lot. Here's Oh, what is the apple? Moulin Rouge for some reason. The color red. Maybe. Yeah. But then the apple at the end is green. Oh, that's right. That's, that's that represents not... the color green. <laughs> that's right. So yeah, a video that is, I think, fun to watch once, but not fun to scrutinize. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot going on. No, but there is a whole lot going on with our cover versions today. Yeah. So we're going to get to those. There's a lot of start them. With, with Julian Vellard. Julian. 2009. Um, he's an American pianist, singer-songwriter. Apparently, teaches songwriting on LinkedIn Learning. Yeah, I saw that. So... Probably wrote that in his own Wikipedia page. It's all good. Um, uh, so it's a solo piano version. More importantly, though, Alex, oh. is that his mother is a four-time Jeopardy champion. And? That's it. That's all I know. Oh, because there's an and. What's the and? Um, a and queen-sized pantyhose model. Oh, that's right. Forgot to write that down. I was too obsessed with the Jeopardy <laughs> championship. Um, yes. But yeah. Four-time Jeopardy champion. What's what size is queen size? I don't is it the same size know. as a queen mattress. I I don't know. <laughs> don't know. I didn't look up pantyhose sizes. All right, that's fair enough. Um, this is a solo piano version. It is pretty low, um, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm gonna solo compare piano, it... and he sings as well. And he sings, not just yeah, instrumental. That's true. I'm gonna compare it. Briefly, uh, to one we talked about last week, um, the oh, uh, uh, Elu. What's his name? L. Yeah, Elu. Yeah, Elu cover, uh, which we also compared to, which is or that one was kind of in the same vein as uh, Peter Bent's, the more like right. um, virtuoso style playing, where it's mm-hmm. very heavily ornamented. This is not that. Yeah, this is this is much bare. more straightforward. Kind of playing chords and like short passages, um, particular. So, I think it fits this song better. That style because it is such mm-hmm. a simple song. So even though it is like solo piano, which you would associate maybe with a different style, it kind of fits in with the like rock and roll thing. Being a little more yeah, simple. it's about the energy, right? It's not about yeah. uh, technical skill. 
it's about hammering the notes to to convey a sense of energy yeah so it plays the opening riff on the piano um kind of simplified version because it doesn't have like strings you know mm-hmm. in the same way um dun, 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 and it's very much just like playing it straight without ornamentation so it kind of feels a little less smooth which is fine but it does feel less smooth um yeah it doesn't yeah it doesn't quite connect as well uh and like then he comes in motion. with the like backbeat stuff um mm-hmm. he plays it low down yeah so it's kind that's of right that's the left hand bass stuff yeah, you can actually miss it if your if your volume's not quite high enough. But yeah, it is down there. It's the wrong And he passes right. So he passes right into the verse. Um, and what what do you think he says when he says the kitty like play line? Kitty like play line sounds different. Yeah, it t- sounds to me like he says the kid is at play. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna listen to it. There was. Yeah, it doesn't sound like kitty like. It sounds like kid is like, or something like that. Yeah, is that? which might just be uh, I don't know his his voice. That might someone just be what it sounds like. Said some, someone said they thought it was the kitty loves pain. Kitty. Not oh, kitty. the kitty loves pain. Um, not in this version, but in the original. Uh, okay. which is not something that I heard, but I was checking to see if it sounded more like what he said, which it's not. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, actually, the next version we talk about. Oh no, not the next one, but I think one of the other two down. One of them other has something like that, which is I, I guess an interesting take because it could relate to to sex. Pain comes into sex sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess what what else happens in this version? Um, there's a thing he does at the end of the verse because the end of the verse mm-hmm. isn't that different. He kind of plays more lower notes especially once he gets in, uh, like, once he hits commotion, the commotion mm-hmm. line in the second half. It's just, you know, just beefing it up a little bit, beefing up the sound. Um, and then for the transition, he starts to, like, hold the notes just a little bit longer, which I thought was kind of an interesting okay. effect. It's just, like, a fraction of a second longer as we transition into the chorus. Interesting. Which kind of, I don't know, when things... When the timing changes, it always messes with me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the chorus is about what you'd expect. He's just mashing some, yeah. some notes. Just playing. Da, 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 da. And, and singing. Then he sings pretty evenly. Like, even in the, the chorus, he's not really belting. True. Yeah. It's not, like, monotone or anything, but it's not, like, massive, like you'd expect yeah. from your big arena rock song mm-hmm. um and that's really it he just kind of does it again he does a, a breakdown verse or might be a chorus i might have written that down wrong i was struggling with writing verse and chorus this week for some reason in my notes just like mixing them. i mix them up sometimes yeah know, uh, for some reason or, or what i also do is write kraus a lot <laughs> kraus yeah um sorry you were saying yeah, so he does a breakdown. I'm trying to find where it is, but it's just kind of big chord hits. Yeah. Oh yeah, around so 216. He does like the the, the bass part or I guess it plays in the on the guitar yeah, in the original that, as well. Yeah, that that two note hit. That's what he does. Uh and then he so like before that he's playing really fast like eighth notes 
and then he does that and then he comes back in but they're just longer quarter notes and then back to eighth notes so there's you know there's some switching things up a little more interest there and this is a bit shorter mm-hmm. uh, about 30 seconds shorter um and i think it's like it's like a solid solo piano version it doesn't it's not too much it doesn't get boring i didn't think um yeah i think like you said like he does some yeah. minor things to to keep it interesting because it's not just like some acoustic covers we get where it'll, like we've established the rhythm chords and now i will sing the yeah. whole song over it like, yeah okay great and it but doesn't yeah, get like super virtuoso level yeah. either hey that's what i said hey um yeah it well it's not and like but i think it works better for this song yeah i think like yeah like you said i think it's so i think he did a solid take with this, but mm-hmm. in the same sense of the original, it's it's. I'm just like I'm just fine with it. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe, like maybe all, it's just because like, I'm just generally fine with this song. Like even the really good um, covers might not might not really appeal to yeah, me like, that much. But we'll find out as we go. There's lots we'll of covers to go. Yeah, and the next one is the Bon Bon Club in the year 2009. <laughs> Yeah, they don't have uh, a lot of information. Um, well, they're three girls they're three all girls. around the uh, five foot two mark, yep. and they play covers of other people's songs with just fuzzy bass, stand up drums, mini synth, and a woodblock. And a woodblock, yeah. Um, but but they only have this like like three songs. Like yeah. this out, al- this EP, at least on Spotify from two thousand nine, which has three songs on it, which is "Sex on Fire," uh, "The Day I See You Again." Dreams. I didn't check if those were all covers. Yeah, it's a cover of Fleetwood Mac. Yep. Um. Anyway, <laughs> this I thought was an interesting version, actually, because it's yeah kind of like punkish, in its like stripped downness and 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 fuzz. Mm-hmm. But it's also like has a like real pop leaning. But not in the way of like pop punk. It's just kind of those two yeah, things. Yeah, it's very different. Yeah, it's like a. I called it almost... bubblegum punk, but I don't know if that's already a term. I couldn't it find could anything. Already be a term. It sounds like it would already be a term. I hope it is, or maybe not, because then we can coin it. Right. Part of it was because um, blue and pink are the uh, two most prominent colors on their album artwork. Oh yeah, and I associate that with bubblegum. Bubblegum, that's fair. So, and you're right. We get a drumstick counting on this, which is very punk rock. We get the one, two, three, four, but it's just them clacking together. Yeah, and and then then they start. They play the the drums really sparse here too. Uh, You really hear that that cymbal ring, and then like that, like it's just bass. Yeah, jump, 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 real crunchy. It's crunchy, fuzzy even. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is of course the bass line which is uh, you get more prominently at the end of the last couple of versions and then there's a cowbell as well I think which no that must be the woodblock oh fuck yeah that's that woodblock wood I did write it down as cowbell even though I had read their bio that mentioned woodblock <laughs> um, I'm an idiot 
Yes. So then when we get into the verse, the melody here feels a little more 80s to me, which I, I can't tell you why. They change up the melody on the, on the verse is the point. Right. Uh, um, I think part of it might be those vocals, which have a bit of that like 80s detached pop presence to them. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe it's not the melody so much as the delivery. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of echo on them, too. Yeah. Uh, then they speed everything up. Once they hit commotion in the second half there, speed up yeah. the bass and the drums. Um, yeah, then the the bass starts picking up to a, sort of just a root notes. Doom, 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 yeah. doom, 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 doom. doom. And the drums are up. Which and then when we get to the chorus, the chorus, we get much bigger. We get a we get a harmony or a multi track on the vocals. Yeah, lots of vocal harmonies. And this bright synth coming in, sort of buzzy. Yes, very. Like this is not a subtle song, mm-hmm. subtle version. Like this is this is a very in your face synthesizer. Yeah, they're not trying to like filter off the edges it is just there and it's very there and uh, mm-hmm. i respect them for that honestly yeah i respect fucking... this version deeply yeah i this version kind of slaps alex yeah it's like really got the like punk feel to it mm-hmm. um and it's like pretty solid overall and them stripping it down i mean it's already pretty simple but stripping it down feels right I think. Yeah. Oh, well, you get the pulse of that bass on this one, right? That don't know. Bono. Yeah. Bono. More bass Bono. focus is always fun. Hell yeah. Um, other than that, really, those are all the elements that we've mentioned. They kind of mix and match a little bit in that. Um, I think the synth comes in earlier. Is that true? Um, it sort of matches the, On the next structuring verse? of the original, where halfway through a verse, you'll get more instruments in. Right. So yes. The yeah. Verse, the synth comes back. Synth comes back. It was like. And um, they do they do a little because uh, they play the chorus a couple times at the end. They do a little breakdown, uh, mostly bass yeah. and the drums, mostly on the kick. It's basically, just the original. Um, and then kind of brings the synth back in and brings stuff back in, and then sudden ending. Yeah, yeah, big synth energy on the end, but also very abrupt. Yeah, so it's pretty similar in terms of structure, but it's also yeah. pretty, feels very different. Just because mm-hmm. they, they really stripped it down and just kind of like used whatever they had. There's a real, yeah, I don't know, it feels very, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, just like they threw it together because they felt like it. Which is yeah. good. Yeah, it's like a... I don't know, yeah. Mm. like Ultimately, I just kind of like this one. It's got, got good vibes. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's all I have to say about it because we're going to talk about Tina Cousins, Carl Twig, and Mark Topham in 2010. Yeah, I couldn't find much about Carl and Mark. So they're a, uh, a writing slash composing duo. So Carl Twig is a oh. composer and arranger, 
and he and Mark Topham are, are sort of regular collaborators together. And they're also regular collaborators with Tina Cousins. So they've written a lot of her stuff. And she's an English singer, songwriter, and former model. So they're all just kind of like a, like a little gang that's been around. <laughs> gang of singer songwriters writing this kind of dance music. Yeah, it's like, it, it is like, this one particularly has big, like, 90s dance energy. Yeah, I guess it is 90s. Forget about my dance era. Yeah, like, Boots and Cats energy right off the bat, a yep. big synth. And yeah, based off, a, the, off the riff from the original. That's that, like, sits on that bottom note for a little while. And a big use of drum rolls on this to kind of move us to new sections. Yes. Yeah. Um, like, Sim on symbols a lot too. Yeah. Um And this is the kid likes the pain, uh, we get in this version. Oh, does she actually say that? Yeah, she says that in the in the in the verse there. Huh. Um so yes, big like dance intro, with the boots and cast drums, and then of course fade into the verse. And yeah, then, it's a build up to this like we kind of clear everything there. out and then just get ambient synth and uh, Tina singing. I know they're watching. I know they're watching. They're watching, etc. Um, and like th- because everything's cut down, um, it's uh like got a lot of like ambient filtered stuff that kind of like sounds underwater. Mm-hmm. It's all that kind of production, um, with everything you know ke- keeps it down at the beginning, and then yeah. there's like like a big harp, but still you know it's still like ambient territory, right? Yeah. Um, there's a bit of a beat that comes in at the end of the verse, but it keeps it pretty filtered, even going into the first chorus. Yeah, it's really uh, like emphasizing her vocals. Yes. And there's so much space in the track that they do a full, it's basically a canon, how they echo her. Because you could, your sex is on fire. Yes. Your yes. sex is on fire. Definitely. Like, really, like, hard, long echo. Hmm. That's a weird mm-hmm. way of describing an echo. Hard, uh, long, it's, it's the song, baby, Sex on Fire. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. And, and the, the vocals themselves, very, like, big and effortless. Yeah. In the way that I would, it's like that kind of processed vocal sound. Yeah. Um, but really, this first verse and chorus are like leading into the like beat drop because that mm-hmm. happens at the end of the chorus. And it's that's right. We they get they really make you wait for roll. it. It's like over a minute in. Yeah. Before or no, not over a minute. It's like forty to fifty seconds in. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, and then, then yeah, we the drums the, actually come in. Actually kick in, and then we get the, the second verse right away. The drums have an interesting sound to them. They're kind of like a hollow sound with a bit of like a weird rasp thing on the edge. Um, yeah. It's a bit of like... Yeah. I don't know how else to describe them. I can't make that sound with my mouth. Yeah. But... Yeah, they also have a, a backbeat synth that comes in there. Yeah. But mostly this is... This verse is pretty simple. Yes. Like it really is just that drum and then... It's the introduction singing. of the, like, drums. Because, so, you know, this is this is supposed to be more of, like, a dance, dancey thing. Yeah. And she says... Yeah, and she kind of brings it into this group scenario when she says, feels like I'm dying, you're dying, we're both busting. Everyone's... Everyone's... 
Everyone's, Everyone's bussing. Everyone's uh, uh, And, of course, I mean, it's this kind of uh, production, everything. Lots of ambient stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some other... She, she really gives it on that line, just to be clear. When she says, feels like... Feels like I'm dying! A bit of that, like, 90s pop singer. Like, little growl in there. Oh, yeah. I think I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, what else happens in this song? There's there's a lot of synthesizers. I didn't note them all. There's yeah, a lot of um, particularly on that on. second chorus there. It gets fucking big. It's yeah, there's the, I think the same synth that was playing the backbeat before starts playing kind of like new chord sequence. Right. Uh, it might be a completely different synth, but they sort of flow together between that verse and the chorus. Um, mm-hmm. And then they do... Actually, they go right back into the previous verse stuff. So, like, it's it's kind of a breakdown, almost. Yeah. Because it's a lot smaller than the chorus. Um, and then bring the big chords back for the next chorus, and then... That's right. Uh, and then the other one other thing they do is they, they bring it back to the intro section right at the end. That's um, right. Which I thought was a little odd. I suppose it's probably for like looping and like leading into other songs, but just taken on its own. It seemed a little bit, I don't know, like it kind of killed the energy a bit. Yeah. It's like, it's like not a bad, not a bad dancey, dancey version of whatever yeah, this genre. Yeah, weird lyrical thing. Oh. Um, around, go to like 2.30, we'll give you enough of a run-up. She says, you, your sex is on fire, and you, with the words that transpire. Yeah, she definitely says that. And that's, that doesn't make any sense to me. Just, like, I, I mean, I wouldn't use that phrasing. I don't know if uh, that's a valid phrasing. And she, because she gets the chorus right on the second time around. She does the first full chorus. She does it by the book. And in this one, she does it weird for some reason. Yeah, it's, it almost seems like, like it's just trying to match it up with the beat kind of thing. Um, and it yeah. didn't quite work out properly. I, I don't know why you do that. I guess words can transpire. It's kind of just talking about like it's just restricting what it means to talking instead of just things happening but that doesn't really fit weird that is odd but that's yeah like you said it goes it goes back to the intro which is a bit strange and then does a big drum roll and then and then it's done alex did you watch the music video for this oh no i didn't see the music video alex watch the music video for this because it is (laughs) horny as as it gets oh man Sex just, to summarize, it's basically just a bunch of people in an office just fucking, and one person watching it on a bunch of CRTs, and then as she's leaving, she fucks a dude in the elevator. Like, that's the whole of it. Yep, she's got a sequin jacket on, lots of rubbing knees. Lots of rubbing knees, yeah. Um, I mean, and it's it's everybody's kissing. There's dudes kissing dudes, ladies kissing ladies, a dude kissing two ladies. Uh, it's everybody, everybody be kissing, and then eventually taking their clothes off, and so it's just like it's just about being horny. It's very fitting. Pretty horny yeah. Song. I, this in, this the music video endeared me to the the cover a little more. 
So I was like, this lady knows what this song's about. <laughs> You'd think it would be obvious, right? Yeah. I'm still on just the part seeing people in an office. One person with a very right. tight skirt. Yeah, it's, it's, it, yeah, exactly. They're, you know. They're, just climbing up on the desk. The <laughs> and you watch, like, what I'm, what I'm calling the security woman, that woman in front of all the sure. TVs, like, slowly getting hornier. Yeah, and she starts like you know grabbing at her collar and shit. She's like, "Fuck, it's horny time at work." Yeah, I think the implication being now they don't show her masturbating, but I think her her pose is meant to imply that. Right. Kind of, maybe not. I might be talking out of my ass. You might be, because I think the end is she gets sexual release in the. Uh, at least I think it's in an elevator. Yep. Lots of kissing. And lots of, like, close-ups of people just boning down. Nothing that you couldn't show on, you know, regular television. Yeah. Yeah, she, she at the ends of their smiles to the camera before getting to this elevator and macking on this dude. <laughs> now everyone's boning down. She's really frustrated. <laughs> Yeah, she's like she's going through it at the workplace. Yeah, I think once you've seen it escalate, you kind of like you kind of get, get it. it. Get it. The video itself um has a fair like the the like actual narrative build of the video. It's the the song pretty well. Not necessarily yeah. the topic of the song, but like the length of the song. Like, they spread it out pretty good. I'm not bored. Yeah. And then, you know, like, some sexual scenes develop in a way that you're like, okay, I'm not just watching people get horny. I'm watching people walk in on it and then become a part of it. Yeah. Things happen. Things right. happen. Better music video than the original. Hands 100%. <laughs> Easily. Now we got to talk about the next version. Which is so the Bikini do. Beach Band in 2012. Bikini Beach Band. Uh, this is some blokes from London. Yeah. Uh, they describe themselves as beach noir. Of course they fucking do. <laughs> Um, hang on, I got a quote from their, I think, Facebook page. Uh, Technicolor instrumental surf noir, or surf noir, um, lounge and rock and roll delivered deadpan style in flamboyant clothing and Elvis shades, plus the ever-present fezzes. Yeah, the fezzes. They were fezzes. Yeah, they're, I went to their web page and it was weird because they had like an origin story about like the father of, of surf rock dying and them being his like pallbearers. Yeah, they it's all one had... of those like made up origin stories for novelty bands. Yeah, but then they all had Hispanic names and these dudes are very white. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Just something a little off about it, but uh, this version is surf rock, surf noir, if you want to be weird about it. Yeah, I don't know what's noir about it. I thought... Maybe it would kind of touch on, like, James Bond music or something, but I didn't really get that vibe. Uh, this is what I was talking about when I said Approach is Ska. It's not really Ska. No, but, but it does surf. 
Definitely bring sick. back that rhythm gu- guitar too and have a bit of skank like it vibe does. to it. There's more focus on that backbeat. Um, it's also instrumental. Mm-hmm. Did we say that? Yeah, no, we didn't, but we have now. Um, it's instrumental. It's very bouncy. Uh, the riff feels mm-hmm. really bouncy. It's like on a clean guitar. Yeah. Like, dun, 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 dun. There's a bit of like a mute there that makes it more bouncy. Um, yeah. And then they do a little like build with like this cowbell and maybe some other stuff. Kind of like a yeah. A lot of things. There's like a little synthesizer thing. There's like wah 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 wah. Like oh yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um. Bizarre miscellaneous percussion. Yeah. Sounds. Um. Which are novel. A drum roll into sort of the the song proper. Yeah. And where you're right, it has like major ska energy because that that bass groove is kind of ska-esque where it's it's moving around a little more. Definitely a lot more bass going on. And that that seems pretty like like that seems like a ska staple where the the bass moves a lot in a sort of walking bass style, but not quite. Yeah, I wouldn't call this walking bass, but it definitely has that like ska punk ska punk energy. Yeah. Maybe not so much punk. Um Definitely the ska and yeah, yeah. like the, that rhythm guitar. And uh that, then they play the uh, main melody, the vocal melody on... It's like a jangly-type guitar. I don't know if it's a Rickenbacker per se, but it's kind of that sort of sound. Surf rock right. jangle. Yeah. Um, jangle fat. They're really, really servicing that backbeat. Yeah. Um, you get that throughout. There's a, In particular, they add a, a cymbal hit during this verse for the backbeat. Right. Um, they, they, although the backbeat does stop in the um, in the chorus, as once they move into that, um, and then there's another riff that they've added that's pretty surfy. I don't know how else to yeah. describe it. Um, playing like a oh, and there's also the like surf rhythm. Well, that's on the bass, I guess. Um. That's right. Yeah, and then they add yeah, some yeah. some clapping. That's right, in in that big yeah. old chorus there. Yeah, and the melody guitar kind of transitions. It plays the melody, the vocal melody, and then plays yeah. the guitar riff from the original. So it sort of that's flows right. into that. Um, that's kind of what they do. Yeah, it is fairly even between. The yeah. ne- I guess some woodblock is a little more prominent on the second verse. Yeah, the other thing is the lead up, like the transition into the second chorus, is like a little kind of guitar runs. That's right. Um, which is um, a little different. Yeah. So, and then they do a breakdown chorus. A breakdown chorus. It's a classic. Everybody uh, does it. This does one's got baseline. some organ in the back. It does. That's where the organ comes in. Um, and then they do, oh, they do the, the thing. They do the thing. Yeah, that. Uh, the, the, like, rundown after the, after the chorus there. The surf, surf thing. Surf thing. There's a lot of surf stuff going on. Yeah, 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 Um, and then just, like, a bunch more courses. Yeah. So I point the drums pick up, I think. Yeah, I, you might be right. Um, yeah, they're definitely Wait. playing like a tambourine there. 
Yeah. So ultimately, could have shaved a minute off this, and I think been fine. Yeah, probably could have could have done that. Although it's not that long already. I don't know. Yeah, I guess thirty seconds. Maybe, um, I would just... say, as far as instrumental versions go, they didn't change the structure up much, but like, it was interesting enough to listen to. Yeah. Compared to some more boring instrumental versions that are just kind of the same thing over and over again. This one's like pretty active, even if it's not necessarily dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um but some cool sounds. Definitely novel. Yeah. And it is still recognizably surf rock, like uh yeah. tones on the guitars and things like that. Like it comes off as what it's claiming to be, which is good. Yeah. So again, solid. Um, yeah. I'm not... Another one I don't feel strongly about, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I also, like, I, I appreciate the novelty of the, of the surf rock thing, but not much beyond that. Yeah. Also, I just don't know about these fellas with their fezes and their, their weird backstory. <laughs> I don't really know. Like I some, something I about them rubs me the wrong way, and I know I shouldn't bring that into the just what the the song sounds it's, like. It's hard like, not to sometimes. It is hard not it's to. The, God. Um, we're gonna continue our list of. You can tell that the Kings of Leon are popular in the UK because like a lot of them are UK mm, groups. A, a large portion of the covers are from the UK, including Paul Stone in 2012, who is a crooner from Yorkshire. You- He likes big band music. That's his thing. Yep. Does big band swing. This is, um, this is Paul Stone and the modern big band. Oh, okay. According to the album cover. According to the album cover. <laughs> um, Good detective work there, Alex. Um, this is, this kind of sounds like Paul Anka, really. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely a very similar idea. It's the sort yeah. of big band swing jazzy thing from yeah. whatever year that would have been from the 50s yeah that would maybe. be my guess yeah big bands were like 50s 40s maybe not the 30s because you couldn't afford it back then couldn't afford anything you could only afford the peanut butter loaf i made which allegedly is a depression era recipe oh man that's <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you're just making that for fun and not because you're going through a depression era. <laughs> um, yeah, I just wanted to see what it what it was like. So it was like right. It seemed strange. Anyway, um, how does this one go? This is another one where it's like a lot of horns, a lot of horns, a lot of horns going on. Uh, although compared <laughs> it's a, it's to a horny cover, <laughs> <laughs> six on fire. Compared to Paul Anka. Uh, that we talked about last week, the horns f- are uh, more inspired by the original. So the the horn line, I will call it, um, that plays at the beginning sounds more like the riff. It sounds almost like the riff reverse. It's like bep, 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 bep. So it does similar where it sits on that low uh, note and then jumps right. up for like a different one, but it's not exactly the same. You're right. It might yeah, actually it be definitely the same. It's very similar. Inspired by it, if not, yeah, the same. 
Um, that was and closer this one we actually do have a walking baseline on. We do. We do. Yeah. Um, something that I pointed out a couple times, uh, it happens later on in some of the verses. No, it happens in all the verses um, where the bass goes low or high, I guess. Hang on. Oh, yeah, where it gets like and really, it gets really uh, buzzy yeah. or raspy, depending on. How you wanna? How you wanna describe yeah, it? Yeah, I just I just called it that nasty noise. Yes, what <laughs> was not a welcome noise for me on this version. You didn't like it? No, I and okay, I think I like that it that. has a place in a song with a bit of attitude on it, but I don't not think the rest attitude? of this version has that attitude. Yeah, maybe not. I I I personally liked it. Um, I was calling it fret noise, but it's an upright bass, so it probably doesn't have frets. Probably doesn't have frets. It's like a. It's like when you're strumming where you shouldn't be or something. I don't know how you get that noise because I've never done a stand-up bass. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but um, I personally like it. Uh, yeah, they do it on the all noise, the verses. But I am against it in this song, in this version, anyhow. Um, um, how else, how else other... does this work? Uh, we cut out horns. Horns cut out their uh, riff on the mm-hmm. um, verse, so we're down to basically drums in that walking bass line. That's um, right. And a little bit of piano that comes in after each line. Yeah, playing needles. licks between lines. Uh, yeah. And then the horns come back in, as usually happens. This is the commotion line. Yes. Uh, it actually replaces the piano playing between lines. That's right. Um, and then does a little horn transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, once we get to the chorus, the horns kind of reinforce the vocal melody and then play in between the lines as well. Yeah. And the piano also plays in between the lines. I kind of like... Because the first one, or the first one, the original, <laughs> has such a like big soaring uh, nature on the vocal part in the chorus, this sort of does that by reinforcing the vocal melody with the horns. Right. They're backing him up, because he's still giving a very smooth vocal performance, but you're punching it up with brass. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's not bad. There's another the the weird thing about this one because this like the chorus. I already described the chorus. The next verse um, stays up a bit. The horns stay on, playing in between lines, and then it brings in a saxophone that plays one of those like, I guess it's an ostinato, mm-hmm. um, it, like single note, like just which happens oh, yeah, that, in. Yeah, there's like songs that have single note saxophone solos from like yeah earlier times. It was right. it was kind of more of a, a trend for a while where you just like the saxophone like play, saxophone player would just go crazy playing like dun, 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 dun. um just going wild. Everyone like you know that mm. have you seen there's like a meme. Where there's a guy who's like shouting. There's a guy playing a saxophone, and then there's a guy in the front row who's just like shouting. Looks like he's like jizzing his pants. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with it. No. It's a common enough picture that I've seen around, but apparently that is from one of those solos. And just everyone's just getting really worked up. Let me see if I can find that um, image of this. Doesn't not coming up. I put the word meme in. No, I've got I've got a picture of Doc Brown here where he's he's seeing Great Scott, but there's a saxophone by him. Okay. <laughs> looks like looks like he's a saxophonist. That's <laughs> this is the best I can do for you, Alex. 
Um, yes. So yeah, that saxophone is oh. is doing its single note solo. No, Google. Okay, I I talked about what watching sax, comma excited. But Google's like, did you mean watching sex, comma excited? No, Google. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um. Yeah, so it's that kind of thing, but it doesn't actually last very long, and it's not a solo. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's not. Yeah. It's not. Uh, other than that, I think it's a pretty uh, straightforward build. Like, we get into another chorus, uh, horns still playing along with the vocals, that piano starts playing, like, more complex licks in between the lines, and yeah, playing chords and with the horns. we've got the horns and piano going on at the same time, so it's a bigger verse on the second time around. Yeah. And uh, that's pretty much it for the next. Like, there's another verse and chorus, third verse, third yeah. chorus. Um, piano solo around the two ten. And then mark. a piano solo. He says, "Here we go." Here we go. <laughs> um, I don't remember his uh, intonation. Here we go. And that um, is, something uh, like that. Yeah, that's it. You got it. That's the, you said it. <laughs> Um, everything else is kind of playing their normal parts, piano solos, kind of that like ja- mm-hmm. up, upbeat, jazzy, uh, big band thing. Yeah, going. and then your big upbeat finish, and then it's it's done. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's not bad. I think it's this is a better song for the upbeat big band treatment because it is about a good, a happy experience. <laughs> yes, Just definitely. No, it. no major structural changes. Um, plus they speed it up like it's um. Yeah, it moves quite quickly. It moves quickly. fast. We're they get through it, and they add a seconds. solo. So. And they add a solo. Really so cooks. he's not fucking around. Yeah. I respect that. Um, what I might not respect as much is our next cover by Meg Birch. Meg Birch in 2017. Jazz cover. Interesting thing about this one. The very beginning, I thought, hmm, that reminds me of something. You know what the very beginning reminds me of? Like smooth strummed guitar? Yeah. The song Black Star by David Bowie, the beginning of Black Star. Ah, okay. I can hear that. I can can hear that, Alex. Yeah, it's kind of like somewhat overdriven, gentle guitar playing. It just reminds yeah. me of the beginning of Black Star. Of course, Black Star is much more eerie in its uh, its final production. But yeah, I agree. I, 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 I get agree. some of that vibe there. Yeah, this is the chill ass, the fucking kind of jazzy. Yeah, this is more uh, of like a smooth, chill jazz thing. Uh, more yeah. of like a gentle approach, especially. This is Sex on Fire chill mix. Yeah, chill mix. Definitely a chiller mix than that last thing we did called a chill mix. Yeah. Um. This one does have a lot more vocal vocal focus. Um, I think mm-hmm. she sounds pretty good. It's it's the like kind of gentle, holding back a bit, jazzy sound. Um, it doesn't really ever get, I would say, loud because I I was reading my notes and I used the term loud, but it's not like a, it doesn't get loud loud. It's just louder than it was before. No. Um. So there's that overdriven guitar that plays. There's the kind of like. Jazzy drums, you know, sticking with the cymbal. 
as she starts to sing. Um, a lot of jazz chords playing. Some faster yeah, strumming. Du, 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 you know? Du, du, du. Yeah, and it, but it never goes, like, out of control. It's all, like, faster in the name of being laid back in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. It's not, it's like casual ukulele strumming. It's not really fast ukulele yeah. strumming. Um, if that means anything. Um, and then later on, as we get into the other verses, the guitar gets to do some noodling. Um, it's still hitting like all the chords on the beats, but it'll kind of noodle in between. Yeah. Uh, and then in particular, on the second chorus, she starts to do some like vocal, I guess, like showing off. Um, right. She's doing a little flex. I don't think she's really overdoing it or anything. She's just doing like some runs and because the. Oh, yeah. So that. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, because the original is like so simple. She's just doing a little more, and it really is more of a vocal focus. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's just like yeah. She does that second chorus. You get a a very chill guitar solo afterwards. This whole version yeah. is laid back, but in a way that it still sounds like people know what they're doing. Like her vocal runs aren't excessively flashy. The guitar solo doesn't go on too long. Like. It doesn't have any of those hallmark bad jazz takes. Yeah, it doesn't have like see. a very, let's say, free type solo that goes wild with the rhythm. Yeah. It's very structured. And it's uh like, like I don't have a lot of notes for this one because it's, I was just like, oh yeah, it's very chill. It sounds all right. I don't mind it. Yeah. I, I thought it was a pretty good sound. Very nice. Like, like pleasant sounding. Um, the only other thing is on the final like outro choruses, she starts to get into some ad libbing and does a little bit of scatting. Yeah, but nothing's really overdone, I think, in this. Yeah, that's totally fine. It doesn't sound like it was great sex, though. That's gonna be my one note. <laughs> well, not everyone's into jazzy sex. I guess it's the rhythm. Do you like smooth jazz sex? It's it's about the sex you don't have. That's right. That's that's what I, that's what I'm all about. That's that's my. So you are about. Yeah. Anyway. That's. that's uh, yep. Overstreet, Alex. In Overstreet. This is a guy. His name is Overstreet. His name is is Cord Overstreet. Is that the right guy? (laughs) That's right. That's who this is. Actor and musician. Apparently, Overstreet in Glee or yeah, Yeah, like a guest star on an episode of Glee. Um, son of Grammy Award winning country musician Paul Overstreet, who I of course have never heard of. Yeah, I don't know Paul Overstreet, but that's quite a name. Like that is. That is a fucking name. This is the Overstreet family. Like, that's never, as far as I can tell, has been a stage name. No. That's a hell of a name. I don't know why. It sounds very intense. Yeah, it's very... It's it's like a... Almost like Frodo's fake identity in Lord of the Rings, Underhill. Oh, yeah, Underhill. Overstreet. Just like a place where he lived. It could have been that, honestly. Could have been. Um, at one point, 
All right, this one is like, I, I, this is like the hype anthem version. Yeah. Um, which of course I always associate with, uh, fuck, Imagine Dragons. <laughs> okay, yeah. Now that you've said it, I can my my brain has linked them together. This is the Imagine Dragons version. Yeah. Um, a lot of ambient synth, particularly yeah. when it is like fading in at the start. Um, what else happens? It, it's got that really like full sound. It's constantly has like synthesizers in the background, filling things yeah. out. And then it starts out with that little guitar, very high. Yeah, is that a sped up version of the intro riff or the riff on the original? I think it's just two fucking notes he's hitting. I think it's duty, duty. I guess duty, well, so. Not really sped up. Like it's just the same interval. It doesn't actually yeah. sit on the bottom. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I hate his voice. I didn't realize it was listening to it before, but yeah. And there's a lot <laughs> of it because it's very echoey. Yeah, and he doesn't finish his words. Commotion. The, yeah, the word is commotion, not commotion. <laughs> yeah. Don't make a sound. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of the word commotion, that's when the sequencer comes in. That sticks around for a while into the chorus. Um, sort of like a a beat drop halfway yeah. through because they actually actually extends the first chorus and does it twice. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. And then when we get into that chorus. He he gets a a sort of harmony going. So many voices. So many yeah, voices. It's like, a, it's like a whole a whole boy band. Yeah, and then the big up. drums. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 big do, beat, and then it and turns then into he, a rock beat. Yeah, and then he adds in this big ooh. ooh. Yeah, kind of got that like uh, auto tune sound to it. Yeah. Um. The and uh, riff. Doodle, 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 doodle. <laughs> You know? I do know that. And what else happens? I mean, verse similar has like a, a build. It's sudden drop down yeah. to mostly just the drums. Then like the end that riff. Um, and then that sequencer comes back in later on. So like pretty similar idea to what they were doing in the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or his, I guess his emphasis on making that that chorus feel big and high is just that layering of vocals, that like ten dude choir. Yeah, that, and then like the extra little runs and stuff in the background. Yeah, that little... <laughs> and it kind of like as far as I can tell, the next chorus is just the same thing. Yeah, except those uh, those drums are there now, right? That doom. Oh, there's boom. More drums, or for the whole I thing? I think so. It's Were there like, drums on the first verse? Wait, no, there as isn't. a chorus. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was talking about the <laughs> second chorus. Okay. Or were you talking about the second I mean, verse? The second Hang verse. Hang on. I'm yeah. <laughs> um, yes, no, you're right. There's uh, there's drums in the second one. Yeah, Um. but yeah, the second <laughs> chorus doesn't have anything else going on. As far as I could tell. Um, there's a solo thing... So I don't know why I was yeah. so vague about it in my notes. I guess it's not really solo. It's just like a musical interlude. Like they just yeah, keep playing. Doing that. Yeah, lots of those oohs. And then that riff, like, is still playing. 
Yeah. Chorus riff. And then they do go back into the chorus, do a breakdown. Yeah. Uh, starts all vocals. I think all vocals is completely... Uh, I, I hesitate yeah, to call it acapella. Your sex is on fire. Yeah. And then the drums kick in. And then we get this new component, which is these backup vocals going, On fire, fire. <laughs> on fire, fire. Oh yeah, I they do say words. I actually didn't pick up that they were actually words. Uh, Sometimes first, it's hard to tell. It's just like oh, wah, wah, right. wah, 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 like could be that. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. Um, and then yeah, everything just kind of crashes back in. Yeah. But later on, this actually, is... it cuts. Um, just to like the sequencer and some ambient synth stuff. As they That's repeat right. the choruses. Um, they honestly could have taken out this last 30 seconds. I know I said that about another <laughs> song, but this one for sure. We could have just ended on that, I'm fine, and have it fade out. But they're like, we got to get the chorus one more time. We got to get that sequencer back. We got to get the bass back. Yeah, another like build thing. Um, yeah. So I call this the hype anthem version. And the outro, they spend a lot of time in that outro. A couple different variations. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Bit too long. Don't like his voice. <laughs> yeah. A lot of them cut it down to under three minutes, and that seems to be a good move. A good move. Yeah. When it's so simple, and when this one is obviously a very synthetically made version, like it's not a bunch of dudes in the recording studio. It's like it's a sequencer and shit. Yeah. So it just you can't get any of that organic, like extra oomph on a final chorus because you're not doing anything different. Definitely uh, a different process. Yeah. I mean, there's a way you can do it, add another one in, and then, you know, put some different shit into it. But that's not what he did. So, bad job, Overstreet. <laughs> Try again. Yeah, there was, he switched it up a bit, but not actually that much, now that I'm thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. Scary Pockets featuring Arlissa in 2020. Alex? Scary Pockets again. Oh, yeah. Talking about Scary Pockets again. I told myself I'd never put a Scary Pockets version on again, but, but here we are. Yeah, here we are, Scary Pockets version. And that's um, not to say I find this one good at all. It's just I, I filled some space with this. Um, Arlissa is a German-born British singer-songwriter. Uh, my notes for Scary Pockets, I've just written these fucks. Yep, still, <laughs> it's Jack Conte, Conte, whatever, of um, Patreon. Patreon? Yep, yes. he was co-founder of Patreon. And now apparently does this and uh, Pomplamoose. We talk about them every once in a while. Um, mm. And honestly, I've said this before. I will say it again. I should, on paper, like Scary Pockets. Right. But they continually let me down. <laughs> I like. I like the genre. I should. I should enjoy this. Yeah. But they just don't pull it off most of the time. Um, yeah, I think the first time we talked about them, maybe we were like, oh, this is pretty okay. Yeah, I mean, at first it was like kind of novel, and I think even one of them I said was the best, and I still think it sounded pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but since then, I don't know. It, they, they've never been able to uh, really, really pull it off. I know. And so I looked at the YouTube comments 
because I watched the video to see them recording. They're wearing masks and stuff. It was 2020. Yeah. Um, and people in the comments weren't really saying like they weren't talking about it sort of holistically and being like this is a good take on uh, Sex on Fire. They were one excited to see Arlissa there. They're like, oh, I love Arlissa. She's a great singer. Mm -hmm. And two, they were just picking out like components of the songs that they like. They're like, oh, I love the tone on that bass. How did you get the tone on that? Oh yeah. Or it was see, like cool bass pedal setup. Yeah. So they were really zoning in on very more like technically minded things almost. Right, and I'm sure these are. I don't know these um, artists, but I'm sure they're mm -hmm. like generally that's how. Um, how it goes, they, they'll they get a bunch of otherwise known artists together and they'll do a cover song. Yeah, so I'm wondering if these are almost, these sort of covers are almost more like tech demos where it's like, look at these great funk tones and patterns we have. I think, and we're probably package it as sex on fire. Because, I mean, it's, it's like a marketing thing. Mm -hmm. Kind of, because Scary Pockets has their fans people you know we keep listening to them even um and like if people want to it's, it's an opportunity to show off kind of it's like the the all-star game right in hockey it's all okay. or or i'm thinking you know or like the maybe dunk not. competition in, in the nba yeah i'm thinking of i supposedly and I, i'm trying to remember this is an anecdote i vaguely remember it was some soccer team that like wasn't doing well because they had too many star players. That might be made up, mm -hmm. but I seem to remember someone telling me that one time. Anyway, it's kind of that idea, right? Uh, they're not playing together; they're all kind of playing separately. Maybe that's that's not something I'm going to say about this because I'm I don't necessarily get that from listening to it. But that's just one possible issue. I don't know. Yeah, I think technically the pieces here fit together. Yeah, but I th I think the last consideration when they they put it together is the song itself i don't think they do what we do and, and look at the song ask what's it about and they're like how can we translate this into funk they just go we're gonna do funk it's gonna be this fucking song and <laughs> yeah here's how here's the kind of funk we want to do yeah i think it's a on a pretty short schedule as well and it really like mm -hmm. all the parts yeah they're funk they don't really stand out all that much um it's also it's very busy yeah um Everything is very fast and busy. Uh, really, what they've done in this version is they kind of go back and forth between the verses, which are the really like funky, busy uh, parts, and then into the chorus, where it kind of everything sort of coalesces into a single um, like riff. And right, it kind of slows down in a way to be bigger and heavier. Yes, and definitely heavy, especially because um, I I said synthesizer, but it might just be that electric piano because jack conte always plays the electric piano um mm. has this really like crunchy heavy sound that yeah. kind of leads the sound in the chorus part and then it just kind of goes back to busy funk in the in the verse yeah um the vocal performance is like solid seems to be a good vocalist i mean yeah it's fine yeah also, I think maybe a little divorced from the what the, the song's actually saying. How so? But it just doesn't seem like... It's not how I would tell somebody that their sex is on fire, so maybe that's my problem <laughs> with it. Not as relatable? 
Yeah. Yeah. In the same way as the like the Meg Birch one, it's just like it's laid back, right? It's not really like, holy shit, this is mind blowing sex. It's just like, holy shit, I'm a great singer. You want to hear me <laughs> sing "Sex on Fire"? Right. Sure. And and yeah, it gets more intense in the like ending chorus. Yeah. Um. But that's mostly what it is, I guess. I th- and I think funk is a genre that that has some great connections to sex. You can do a performance of this that really you know, brings out the sexual nature of oh, the definitely. song. This this is not it, I don't think. I think this is a, a much like their whole thing. I think funk can have a lot of dirt to it and a lot of a lot of griminess. You know when you have a good funk baseline, it's it, it's stank. You're putting stank yeah, on it, right? It's a little greasy. This is this is funk without the stank. This is funk without the sex. This is it's just it's the Ken doll of funk. Yeah. So when you, if you take funk, strip out the sex, and then do a song about sex, it's a, there's a bit of a disconnect. Yeah, that's I think my final take on on this one, Alex. Yeah, I was underwhelmed. I was underwhelmed for sure. I mean, I wasn't expecting a lot because it was Scary Pockets, but I, I again still end up. I always go into Scary Pockets songs being like, I'm gonna I'm gonna love this one. <laughs> this is gonna be the one, and it, it never happens. Or hasn't happened yet. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Well, maybe you'll love this next one, Alex. Uh, the uh, musician Seven in 2021. Yeah, I... Two ends. Seven is a... An electronic music producer. Yeah, his name's Kevin Brower. Named Kevin. Kevin. Um, his yeah. Instagram bio for his personal account refers to him as a cheap Ryan Reynolds. Cheap Ryan Reynolds? Okay. Sure. Wait, I didn't get... Oh, I guess it's probably explicit because of the album. Anyway. Um, another electronic type version. Uh, starts out very spacey. Uh, also starts out with the vocals. That's right. Um, which is kind of interesting because there was that interview about the original where he's like, you can tell if a song starts with the vocals or starts with, you know, the music. Yeah, he's like, we, we obviously the focus start with the melody because the, <laughs> the lyrics are nonsense. So it's like, okay, uh, this guy's going lyrics first. Yeah, so lots, lots and lots of ambient synth on this one. Starts even with some uh, guitar picking. What this one yeah, has so in bad. spades is... Yeah. Um, uh, tape noise so mm. like all the background noise is that kind of tape echo sound where it's kind of like residual sound on the tape that's kind of been erased but it's still kind of just making like a hum right um, um yeah now i'm looking at the album artwork for this and it's obviously very sort of that 80s 90s like almost vaporwave inspiration yeah it looks like kind of a dark vaporwave <laughs> yeah. although i don't think the song itself sounds very vaporwave no but some of that like when we get into the chorus that electronic just bass at the bottom of the, boom, 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 the sequencer boom, 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 boom. yeah the sequencer tone is very of the you know of <laughs> earlier <laughs> years <laughs> yeah Pretty big drums too, notably mm-hmm. the snare. Um, the other thing, yeah, with the tape echo, um, sometimes I noticed in the intro it happens later on as well. It has like the kind of some frequency distortion. 
as if the tape is damaged kind of thing. Right. So there's a lot of that, that kind of tape-based effects. Yeah. Um, this is definitely more on the chill side as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and lots of, like, ambient sounds. Th- this is the head while you're driving mix at late at night. This is the this head is... while you're driving mix. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Even, like, in the verse, that detuned guitar kind of comes in later on. That's right. So that's a big part of it. Um, ton of echo on, those, on that chorus. Yeah. And, like, some, like, clapping sounds. Sort of, like, yeah, Di- like digital clap. digital clap type, which probably isn't actually a clap, but it always sounds like a clap to me. Always sounds like it. Click clap thing. Um, there's a really. Hang on, I'm listening to it. They get to the they cut down in the verse. Yeah, um, and it's just like kind of like this big bass, almost like is this bass? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Again, everything is so echoey. It all kind of like flows together. Mm-hmm. Um, at, there's a pretty big anticipation, though, at the end of that verse. Right. Leading into an instrumentation section. Because it like cuts out. It does the, the greatest and then just like stops. And everything's still right. kind of, because it's that tape thing, kind of fading. Like, you get the ambient sounds. And then there's, like, a siren that comes up that actually leads into this instrumental section. That's right. Which is this, I guess, synthesizer part. Possibly a guitar under heavy effects. heavy Yeah, that, that does have a bit of a guitar tone to it, right? It's the... Yeah. It has yeah, the articulation heavy of effects. Um... And then the bass and drums have also come back in. So there's a little... There's, yeah, that's the thing that happens. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so this one's like... Yeah, it's just like a kind of... A slow... I say slow, but it is shorter than the original. Yeah, it also... Ends on like... Again, I hesitate to say acapella, because everything cuts out for the very, very end. Right. It's like a lot yeah. of tracks of him that he's overdubbed, but... It's just vocals. Yeah, and he says, it ends on the line, what's to transpire? Kind of like tying into the, like, future thing. The the flat circle thing we're talking about. I don't know. It's interesting because nobody else chose that line. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't mind this version, honestly. Yeah, I actually liked that one. Yeah, I think it's got some interesting elements. He's clearly trying to do a lot of production. And I think most of it pays off. Yeah, as far as, like, electronic, like, heavy beat kind of dancey ones go, it's definitely a different vibe from the other dancey ones because it's, it's uh, a lot chiller. 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 That's chiller. Oh, yeah. Man. Um, With that, we're going to get into our final verdicts. we got three categories today. The worst version, the best version, and the version that fucks. Version that fucks. Who do you, which of these artists, based on their version, do you think knows how to bone? Basically, whose sex is on fire? Whose I'm stopping sex explaining it. Is on fire. Alex, worst version. Worst what version. A lot of them were like kind of okay. 
of like, yeah. I think I'm going to give it to Overstreet. That's a good call. Didn't really like Overstreet very much. And I'm kind of ignoring Scary Pockets. So can I, the other yeah. ones had like some stuff going for them. So yeah, I think it's Overstreet. Not just yeah. kind of not really a sound and genre I'm that into. Overstreet sounds like an actor who's trying to be a musician, and that's <laughs> yeah, that's I guess what he is. Maybe he's had some sex. I'm sorry, maybe he's had some sex. <laughs> maybe we'll never maybe. know. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but I was, I was gonna say maybe he's had some success as a singer because he's been in like musical acting performances. Right, comes but, from a know, musical his... family. I was as we listened to that version. No other version did I get like some negative emotion coming my way. We put that on, and I heard his fucking vocals, or his like commercial. I'm like, fuck this guy, fuck this version. I think it does fall flatter than the other ones, of which there are a lot of just middling ones. But like we've said about the song, it is just kind of a middling. Might just be that we don't like the song that much. Catchy pop song, like. And that's fine, but yeah, worst version is Overstreet. Alex, what's the best version? Oh, it's the best version. There were a couple I liked. I think there's a few strong ones here. There's a few here. strong ones. And maybe this is just recency bias, but I think I'm going to give it to Seven. Yeah. I liked the, like, chilled out, synthy, dancey thing going on. Heavy beat, yeah. lots of tape echo. It's a good time. Yeah, that's a, that's a good vibe. Um, It might prove our bias for 80s stuff, because I do think there's a <laughs> strong 80s influence on that one. <laughs> I'm going to give it to the Bon Bon Club. Yeah, uh, strong contender. A, a, strong yeah, contender. strong contender. Uh, great strip down, and a, I think it's a bit of like kind of pop slash dance elements in there, which seems to play really well with this song. I would say the Bon Bon Club, Seven, and Tina Cousins all put out some pretty decent versions. Yeah. And Yeah, but I'd give it to Bon Bon Club for best. Alex, who fucks? Who fucks? Who sex is on fire. Who, who fucks? Who fucks? Fucks. I I cannot imagine giving us anything other than the Tina Cousins version because it clearly 100%. fucks way more than any of the other versions. None of them, none of the other ones have it on video, so that's, it's the only one with that's proof. Right. That's right. It's solid know. proof that it's, she's like this song is about fucking. It's not the Bikini Beach band. It's certainly not. It's like I don't know. Definitely, definitely Tina Cousins version yeah 100% I agree <laughs> Tina Cousins and that music video just tips it right like <laughs> absolutely a, horniest thing we talked about version, all day so yeah which is horny shit. wild considering it, there wasn't as much horny content as I was expecting considering the horny content of the song yeah the explicitly horny nature you'd think more horniness would have arisen but yeah I mean there's probably a lot of other covers but there have been some like horny covers we've talked about there are elements you can put into the music. Mm-hmm. No one really did that. Yeah, like that. They could have put in that guitar riff from uh, the uh, the Joker by Steve Miller Band. What? <laughs> Chuck that in anywhere. You know it's horny. <laughs> yeah, none of them were really like that guitar focused, I guess. No, that's also true. Because I mean, veered we, away. there needs to be a chilled out guitar version of this. So that you can mm-hmm. use that riff. That's that might be our responsibility. We might have to to birth that into this world. We have to write some of these. 
Yeah, I mean, natural like a part of this podcast should be that like once a year we put together a cover album or something. But that's or too much work. Even a cover song, honestly. Even, yeah, even a single cover song. But we tried that we, once, and that's why this podcast came out a year later than intended. <laughs> yeah, because we didn't know what we were doing, and then we just didn't do it or learn. That's right. Um, a classic. Classic us. Classic us. And if you love classic us or want to talk to us about a version we didn't talk about or share your opinion on one of these cover versions that we talked about today. You can hit us up on Twitter, hashtag CoverMePod, at Jake the Cressy, at some Alex Wise guy. You can also email us at CoverMePod at gmail.com. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, requests for future episodes, requests to be a guest if you're, if you're, you're cool. I will vet you or something. I'll talk to you on fucking Zoom. I don't know. Get to talk to us. We're open to things. Um, rate and review us. We're on Spotify, we're on Stitcher, we're on Google Pad, Pad, oh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcasting app. Rate and review us. Tell your friends. We don't have a marketing budget. We barely have an operating budget. Help us out. We're, we're doing our hardest here. We have a bonus segment that I've constructed today, um, of, of which I'm entitling Band of Kings, colon, Brothers of Leon. <laughs> oh, shit. A terribly named segment. Alex. We were going to have a guest on here who had actually seen Band of Brothers, and I thought my intro was so clever that I built a whole segment around it. What I have here are um, seven different titles. They were either the title of a Kings of Leon song or the title of an episode of Bands of Bro- Band of Brothers. Oh, shit. And it will be up to just you now <laughs> to, to guess whether it is one or the other. All right. Yes, I can see why this is not applicable to any other episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's all right go. let's do it so here it comes number one crossroads crossroads band of brothers that's correct alex okay. incredible all right number two why we fight why we fight Ooh, i'm gonna say band of brothers again that's correct alex okay. two for two okay. number three the bandit uh kings of leon i'm gonna say kings of leon that's correct alex Ooh, this is going well this is going well for this is the best you have ever done. <laughs> well, I'm only three for three so far. That's true. We'll see how it goes. I don't know how many. Number four, are. beautiful war. Band of Brothers. No, ah! that's that's Kings of Leon. I knew that was going to be a sneaky. That's a one. tricky one. Number five, Day of Days. Day of Days. Day of Days. How do you spell days? Second days is D A Y S. Okay. That doesn't help. I don't think. I'm gonna say Band of Brothers for that one. That's correct, Alex. Ooh. I think it did help. I think if it was D A Z E, you would have gone Kings of Leon. I think I might have. Well, I don't know. It could be days and war. Alex, you're five for five right now. How we many are two there? Left. Okay, two left. Okay, I got two more for no, you. No, I, I missed one. I missed one. Oh, you missed one? Oh, you missed Beautiful War. You're yeah. four for five. Four for five. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Um, number six is Muchacho. <laughs> I'm going to say Kings of Leon. Damn, Alex. You're ah. correct. Number right. seven, Reverend. It's tough. They're vaguely Christian. Uh, I'm going to say Band of Brothers. Nope, that's oh. Kings of Leon. Alex, five for seven. Five for seven. That's a perfect score. <laughs> seven perfect score. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad Not at bad. all. 
Um, was... There goes the first and last instance of that beautiful, beautiful bonus segment. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could bring it back if we talk about you, somebody. You can bring back the concept. It doesn't have to be Band of Brothers episodes. That's true. It doesn't have to be that. It can be other things. Um, but that's it. That's the whole ass episode. Yeah. Thank y'all for joining us. And as we always say on Cover Me, all the commotion, the Cover Me pod has people talking. They're talking.